Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Shem, we'll be learning Daf Zayin, Masechus Bavakama. We're going to be dedicating our learning, as always, Le Ilui Nishmas of Chaim Zev Melinowitz Zatzal, whose yard site was earlier this week. Also, for all the soldiers and all of and all the captives and all of Achinu Kobeis Yisrael, as always, and also for Shol Ben Rivka, Garanowitz's roommate, ninety years old. Uh, he's in the hospital and Bezat Hashem. He and all Chol Yisrael should have refuah shleima. Okay, we have an agenda today, and I'll tell it to you right away. It's to get to the two dots, from, ten lines up from the bottom of Zion Amid Beis. But we're a long ways away. We're at the two dots. And I decided to go back, believe it or not, as far back, as far behind as we were, in order to get some context. Ooh, I think I need a chumash. I get a chumash. So the context is like this: the two dots. On Vavam and Beis, where we're going to start, and there was a very important question, and the question was: We already talked about Nezek, where you have to pay Nezek, and the question is, how much, from where, from who do we have to pay the Nezek from? Thank you so much, appreciate it, Barry. Barry. Thank you. Yeah. So l'shalem t'shlumi Nezek. Taner Rabbanan. You see where it is, Phil? Yeah. So Taner Rabbanan meitav sadehu, right? Umeitav karmoi shalem. You see that, Garanowitz and Barry? Barry knows it by heart. It's in Shmos Chavbez. This is, of course, Parshas Mishpatim. As we've discussed, Kedai to look at Parshas Mishpatim. And you look at uh, Shmos Chavbez, right? This is the very beginning of Shlishi, if you're reading it in Shul, right? And it's Pasuk Dal, and it says, Kiaver ish Sadeh Okerem. So this is the kind of Nezik that we call Ish, right? Uh, or the, the Mishnah is going to say Hever, right? You're setting up a fire. So now you're sending out that fire. That's very important. Right. There's a. Uh, it has a. Uh, right. Yeah, if you look at the Nakudot, thank you, Barry. It doesn't have a Vav. But it, it is. Certainly it is. Okay. So now. So you're sending your fire. And then, very important. Right, and then you set off a fire on the field of someone else. That's very important, right? You're not just setting off a fire, a forest fire in a national park or in some other rishus arabim. You're setting off a fire of someone else, right? Because that's a, his rishus yachid, and you're setting his field on flames. Okay, meitav sadeu umeitav karmo yishalem. You should pay. From the best of your, you know, field or your vineyard, which is to say, if you're paying in real estate, you have to pay from the best of your real estate. Now, wait a minute. We already saw that. That was the very beginning of our, the very end, I should say, of our very first Mishnah. It says, That's where it gets it from, right? From this very Pasuk, right? So the Pasuk is talking about, You sent your fire, and then when it burns, that your buddy's Right, field, you have to pay me Metaf Sadeu, Metaf Karmo. Phil, I ask you. When it says Metaf Sadeu, Metaf Karmo, does it mean that you should have to pay him? We'll call it the. Uh, we're we're going to do a thing where I do Nezek to Barry. Okay? It's okay. I would never do that to you. So I, I feel comfortable using that example. Okay, so I'm the Mazik, Barry's the Nezek, okay? So when it says Metaf Sadeu, Metaf Karmo Yishalem, is it saying my best field that I should pay? To, to Barry, or should I pay to Barry based off of whatever his best field is? What would you just think? 
your best field. You would think my best field. I would agree with you. Rabbi Kiva, by the way, would agree with you. So we are in very, very good company. I would have to say that that's Pashat Pshat in the Pasuk, right? Why would it be your best field? What does it matter, your best field? Um, so let's see. That happens to be the Machlokas where we begin. Right? So the Gemara, Tanar Bonin, quotes our Pasuk. Meitav Sadeh Umeitav Karmo Yishalem. You should pay for the best field. Says the Gemara, Meitav Sadeh Yishal Nizuk, Umeitav Karmo Yishal Nizuk, Divi Rabbi Shmuel. Uh-oh. Rabbi Shmuel starts right off the bat and he says, no, we're talking about Meitav Sadeh of Barry. I have to pay from Barry's best field and from Barry's best vineyard. That's Rabbi Shmuel's opinion. Rabbi Kiva agrees with me and with Phil. Rabbi Kiva Omer, Loba that the Pasuk is only trying to explain the Nizakin, right? To, to collect for damages from the damagers, Idis. Rabbi Kiva is saying, read the Pasuk, read the Pashup shot, right? And you'll know, right? Um, in fact, right, this is Rashi. I mean, as we said, we have to look at the Mefarshim. It's Pashup shot or the Pasuk. I'm talking about Rashi and the Pasuk. Right, so this is this is where we are talking about the machlokas shomer kiva. Who's mate of sadeo? It's going to come. We will explain uh, what the source of this machlokas is very soon. Now, uh, the statement of Rabbi Kiva adds is an enigmatic statement that we will uh, spend hopefully some time explaining today. Where Rabbi Kiva adds v'kal v'chomer lehektish that if I am as the damager would pay Barry from a mate of sadeo, then also. In some scenario involving me and Hekdesh, certainly I would have to give Hekdesh from Meitav Sadeu. The Gemara will give us context for that additional statement of Rabbi Kiva. But for now, let's explain uh, the machlokes between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva. So, ask the Gemara. Rabbi Shmuel, achal shmeina mishal shmeina, achal kusha mishal shmeina? In other words, Rabbi Shmuel, the Gemara wants to say, why do we think Rabbi Shmuel's shita sounds uh, illogical? Because again, Rabbi Shmuel's shita is that we pay from, from Barry's bet best field. Wait a minute. We set fire, I set fire to Barry's field, okay? So let's say Barry has a good field and a bad field. He has rows in his veggie garden, good rows and bad rows. So it makes sense if I damage Barry's best veggies, achal shmeina, misham shmeina, then I'll have to pay, right, for that, for the, for, with, with the best, right, with equal quality, let's say, produce. But what does it mean that I have to pay from Barry's mate of Sadeo? Does it mean that if my right fire set off his worst veggies, I have to pay him from uh, a quality equal to his best veggies? Why would I do that? Why would the Torah tell me to do that? That no matter what quality of, of veggies I destroy, if Barry's I have to pay him with the best, that doesn't make any sense. So says the Gemara, what's the actual case? Case is... No, I set fire to Barry. We set, we, and, and Barry's field, some stuff got, right, all fire, damaged, and destroyed. And we just don't remember, was it good or was it bad? Right, we don't know if it was good or if it was bad or if it was good. And it is in that case that we pay out of Suffolk the best. So now we're in the middle of the page on Vovan Beis. And Amarava, he's not sure that that's true. Rava astutely points out that that is against a concept that we always hold when it comes to mamanos. Because after all, in the case, I'll say it outside first, there's something called a motzi mechaver olavaraya. Motzi mechaver olavaraya means that I'm the one paying, all right, I'm paying Barry for his damage. So that means Barry's the recipient of my money. If Barry's the recipient of my money, if he wants more money, then he, the burden of proof is on Barry to show that he's entitled to the extra money. Our principle in all of Shas and all of Torah is that you only give 
right? That amount that you know you have to give, the minimum amount, beyond that, the burden of proof is on the recipient of the money. And therefore, says, says Rava, that fly, our concept, our explanation, Rav Rava's explanation of Rabbi Shmuel, Rav Idi Bar Avin rather's explanation of Rabbi Shmuel flies in the face of that concept that we always know, which is that you, the burden of proof is unbearable, as follows. Amar Rava, Ma'il he says, walk me through this. You're saying that the case uh, where Rabbi Shmuel says uh, the Pasuk is talking about that you have to pay from the best of the land is when we have a suffix. Okay, so the implication then is that if I know that, it, that I damage Barry's worst land, then I only have to pay from my worst land, right? Because that's not a suffix. That's a case of Vadai. So, so if that's the case, that I pay Barry with my worst if I actually damage his worst land. Then now that I have a suffolk, whether it was good or the bad land, in the case of suffolk, the Pesach is going to teach you to pay from the best? That doesn't make any sense. After all, we have a suffolk. In the case of suffolk, I should have to pay from the worst. The burden of proof is a Barry to show me that I damage his best produce. And so this Pesach cannot be, that cannot be the case where Bishmal says you pay from the best of Barry's land. El Amar Ravacha Bar Yaakov. Ravacha Bar Yaakov is going to give the following suggestion. What is indeed the case where Bishmael is talking about? Like a very specific case. The Torah is addressing where Barry's right best land was as good as my worst land. So it sounds like I have better lands than Barry. My worst land is the same as his best. And here's the, and here's the Machlokas for Bishmael and Rabbi Kiva. Ishmael is going to say it like this. Ah, so now we see where this is going. Right? I damage Barry's field. Barry's best field isn't so great compared to mine. So what am I going to do? Am I going to pay, when it says, based on my best field? That, my best field is a better field than Barry's ever seen in his whole life. Right? So Rabbi Ishmael is being very logical. He's saying, no, I should pay Barry based on the superior land of Barry. Right? In other words, I'm going to pay my own land, which is Ziburis, right? That, that's my worst land. But that's the land of quality that I damaged. So therefore, it makes sense, right? The quality of land that I'm paying is commensurate with the quality of land that I damaged. Very logical indeed. Whereas Rabbi Kiva Savar bid Demazak is going to say, no, even in, even in that case, I'm going to pay, again, it's the same equivalent amount of damage, right? But I'm going to pay with the best of my land, that amount. Which is to say, now Rabbi Shemal is making sense, right? Because Rabbi Shemal is saying, I should uh, compensate Barry with the same degree of land that I, that I, in this particular scenario that they build up, when Barry's best is the same as my worst, I'm compensating Barry with the same amount, the same type of land that I actually damaged of his, right? Whereas Rabbi Kiva is saying, no, I'm giving him better land than he's ever seen in his whole life, right? And that that's what the Pasuk is saying, according to Rabbi Kiva, when it says, umetav sadeh, umetav it's telling me that I should give Barry my best land, even though it's better than, even though we know for sure that that's not the kind of land that I damaged, because Barry never saw such beautiful land in his whole life, even in Harrisburg, um, Pennsylvania. Okay, so now that's the machlokas according to Rav Bar Yaakov. Okay, so that's that's that would be the case. Now the Gemara is going to say, where did Rabbi Shmuel get this idea to take the pasuk out of its out of its pasuk shot? Says the Gemara, my time is Rabbi Shmuel. What's his reasoning? Well, it says, Nemar Sadeh Lamata Venemar Sadeh Lamala. Ma Sadeh Amor Lamala Denizak, Af Sadeh Amor Lamata Denizak. What is this? 
Well, it says so there, where's Lamata and where's Lamala? It's in the Pasuk itself. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to say like this. It says, Ubier, after it says Bi'iro, right? It says, Ubier Biste Acher. What does Bi'er Biste Acher? means my fire burnt someone else's field. Well, guess what? The subject of that, in my, in the case that we drew, is Barry, right? Ubier Biste Acher, in that context, Sade means Barry's field. And then it says, Meitav Sadeu, Meitav Kamari Shalem. Says Rabbi Shmal. And don't forget, Rabbi Shmal has the 13, right, Midos Torni Dreshus Behen, right? That he knows how to darshan a pasuk like no other. He's the master of that. You're going to his yeshiva. You're going to master those, those drushes. And Rabbi Shmal is the one that uses what's called a gezerah shava. The gezerah shava goes as follows. Just like in the mention where it says bisteacher, it's referring to Barry's field. You compare that to where it says metav sadeu. The word sadeu appears again in the continuation of the Pasuk, and there too it's referring to Barry's field. So even though it's not the Pashup shot of the Pasuk as you read the Pasuk, it's a Gezerah Shava. The Gezerah Shava does take Psukim a little bit, a little bit out of Pashup shot, and it is, however, a, right, a tried and tested uh, Misora that we have for how to read Psukim. And that's Rabbi Shemal's source to say that we base it on Barry's fields so as we read it inside again. Just like when it says, right, um, it's referring to Barry. So too, when it says, it's referring to Barry's field. However, Rabbi Kiva says, the word Yishalem is is right on metav sadeh or metav karma, which is to say, it's associating the sadeh with the payment. Who's the payer? I'm the payer, right? I'm the damager, therefore I'm the payer. The mazik is. The heich the kamishalim. It clearly means that you pay from the metav sadeh of the one who is mishalim, namely the mazik, namely me, the damager, which is to say, Rabbi Kiva saying, that's Pashup Shat. Read the Pasuk. <laughs> He's saying even more than that. He says the Pashup shot is exactly the way Phil read the Pasuk. I should pay for my damage. And he's even giving you like a technical reason that Yishalem is what's modifying the Sadeh. And that's what you were saying, Phil. That Yishalem means he who is paying should use his from his best field. No. Fine. So Rishabal has a Gzer Shava, and Rabbi Kiva has Pashup shot on the Pasuk, which should prevail. Rabbi Shmal says in the Gemara, Neither needs to prevail. We can have both. Says the Gemara of Rabbi Shmuel, Ahani Gezerah Shava, Vehani Kra. According to Rabbi Shmuel, you could actually use both the Gezerah Shava and the Pasuk and satisfy both. And it is for that reason that he prefers uh, to use that interpretation as follows. Says the Gemara, Ahani Gezerah Shava, the Kamina. The Gezerah Shava you use as we, as we just did, as we just mentioned, right? The fact that Sadehu and Sadehu means that we pay from the best of Barry's field. In the case of Ravach Yaakov illustrated. Ahani Kara, how do you use the Pasuk on top of that as follows? Let's say I have good and bad fields. Okay. The Barry doesn't mess around with bad fields. He only has amazing fields. Okay. Now, in this case, again, that my worst field is not equal to the best of Barry. In this case, Barry's best is better than my worst, okay? So there, I still have to pay for my own best. In other words, Barry's field, in this case, is kind of in between. Like, he's only got really, really good fields. I only got really bad, worse than Barry's, or really good, better than Barry's. So do I pay from the worst or from the better? 
So the Gemara, we're not saying to Barry, I cannot go to Barry and say, take from my bad field, take from my best field. In other words, there is a scenario where we do take from my best field, even according to Rabbi Shmuel, and that's what it means. It says, in this unique sort of limited case where there's a choice, where there's not really a field in my possession that's exactly commensurate with the field that I damaged Barry's. So it's either going to be a little bit worse or a little bit better, and therefore take from a little bit better. And Rabbi Shema would agree that that's what you learn from the pasuk, not from the gzeira shava, but from in fact the pasuk shah of the pasuk, and therefore he satisfies both the gzeira shava and the pasuk shot. Okay, so that is the machlokas or Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Shema, as to whose meitav sadeo we pay. Now let's analyze the last thing that Rabbi Kiva says with regards to hekdish. Right, the Gemara point uh, says over here, Rabbi Kiva. Right, Omer Loba, What it means that if I have to pay from the best of my field, I also have to pay lahektish. What is the case? Says the Gemara. My What is he talking about? Are we talking about a case where I had a regular shore and there was a shore that already be, had been um, right attributed to hektish? Somebody was already makdish the shore and it was going to be belong to the base of mikdash, and then my shore like gored it and killed it. Well, and then what? I have to pay from my mate of Sadeu? Well, that can't be the case. Why? Because says the Gemara, we actually learn an unbelievable halacha that if my field, this is a machlokas, and we'll see it soon enough, but the Pasuk itself, right, uh, in the previous, in, in Shmos Chafalif, talks about Shore Ehu, right? Just like over here where we said by the Sadeh, by shore, it says in that hezek it says shore ehu that my shore, in order for me to be culpable, has to damage uh, another person, like another civilian's shore. But lo shor shal hekdish. The implication, according to some over there, is that if my shore gores a shore that had already been attributed to the base hamikdash, there already been uh, mukdash mikudash, then I am not liable at all. Well. If that's the case, then that certainly can't be what Rabbi Kiva meant, the Kavachom HaShadakdish. So says the Gemara, It's a totally different case. Not having to do with Nezikin. It's a totally different thing. Rabbi Kiva just says that he's just comparing two things that aren't necessarily uh, otherwise related. In other words, Meitav Sadehu has to do with Nezikin. I have to pay Barry, according to Rabbi Kiva, from the best of my field. And by the way, another Kavachom it says the Gemara, is that if I say... I, I obligate myself to pay $100 to, right, to, for the Bedeka buys, for the upkeep of the base of Mikdash, then the Asi Gizba Bishokil Me'idis. And it turns out that I'm paying from real estate, from land, and the Gizbar, the treasurer, can come and take from my best land. In other words, I'm just giving an amount, a value, and, that, and I'm not specifying which field I'm, I'm giving to the base of Mikdash. So it's assumed whatever I want to give to Hashem and to the base of Mikdash, so to speak, then I'm always going to give from my best. That's what we keep saying. That's a kal v'chomer. That if you do it in the case of to your friend for Nezikin, certainly going to do the best for the base hamikdash, and that's all that Rabbi Akiva means. Okay. However, the Gemara doesn't love that explanation at all. Because why? Because lo yehel abal chov, as we find the Rav Zayin So, and here's the situation that when I what happens when I obligate myself hundred dollars, let's say to the base hamikdash, I now become a bal chov, which is to say the base hamikdash. I have an obligation now, right? I have, it, you know, I get an Aliyah Shul, I pledge a certain amount, now that's on my tab, right? I'll get an email, you now have a tab with Shari Zayin, right? And I now have a bill <laughs> to pay. Bills do not get paid, even if it's to the base of Mikdash. Bills, 
it, for a balchov, do not get paid with idis. We have a halacha that's already discussed and we'll go over many times. A person who's a balchov who has to pay a bill or pay back a loan only has to pay with bainanis, right? So these are the first words that introduce us to Dov Zion, finally. Uvachov uh, how do we? How do I already know? Because Barry, look at the top Rashi in Zion Amadal, from Masechus Gittin, we already learned this. But Perak Hanizakin, right, the, the one Perak in Masechus Gittin, the fifth, fifth Perak that is the most, like Bavakama, like the Bavas, we already learned that Balchov only has to pay with Bainanis. So we know that. So if that's the case, then once again, once somebody already obligated himself to the base of Mikdash, now he's got that bill, and he's only paying with Bainanis, not with Idis. So it says the Gemara, Bachitavis of Rabbi Kiva called Balchov, not with Idis. Or maybe Rabbi Kiva is making a statement because he happens to hold that a Balchov also has to pay with Idis. Then Ikalamifrach, I could refute that because I could say Malabalchov Shakane Yupa Kochobanizakin, right? You can't compare a Balchov, right, to a to Hektish. In other words, in other words, we're gonna we're gonna refute the possibility that a Rekiva would ever say this, that a Balchov has to pay with it is. Why? Because Balchov, right, his his power was enhanced with respect to Nizakin. Uh so what's the hektish and what's the yupa kocho? As follows. When it comes to nizakins, now we're going to bring it back to nizakin. When it comes to damages, we know already that the Torah says, idis and metav sadeo, metav karmo. When it comes to damages, we have a source that we just quote, the, only, the first passage that we quoted from, that t- tells you that when it comes to damages, the Torah is going to, Insist that certainly there are certain scenarios, certain cases where you have to pay for meitav sadeu. Okay, fine. But hekdesh, hekdesh, we know from the very pasuk where it says right that it has to be shor reehu and shor shal hekdesh. In certain scenarios, are not going to be paid. So hekdesh, the Torah goes out of its way to instead of enhance how much you have to pay, to say that to limit how much you have to pay. And so what the Gemara is saying here is that Rabbi Akiva. Even if it were true that he held that you have to pay with idis, right, in the case of a balchov, because now you're a balchov for hekdesh, the the, the doesn't hold. There is no kalvachomer. After all, nizikin, there is more of a, right, evidence in the Torah that we have to pay from idis. And by hekdesh, there's less evidence in the Torah that we have to pay with hekdesh. So where does, that we have to pay with idis? So where is the kalvachomer, says the Gemara, right? If anything, nizikin, there's more of a reason to pay with idis. There's no kalvachomer here. So the Gemara says, no, this is what we say. It must be back to the, to, to the scenario we said before. That my shore, let's say, killed the shore of Hektish. And if you're going to say, if you're going to say, wait a minute, in the case of my shore, kill the shore of Hektish, I don't have to pay at all, says the Gemara, no. Rebekiva doesn't hold of that. Rebekiva rather holds like Shimon Benassi to Tanya, because we have a Bryce. The Bryce says as follows. That it is true that if one consecrated an ox, and that consecrated ox that belongs to the base of Mikdash, right, gored some other civilian's ox, putter, the shore of the base of Mikdash, the base of Mikdash will never have to pay anybody if their consecrated ox actually gored some other civilian ox. However, short, the converse would not be true. Wow, holds that if I, right, had a regular shore as a civilian and it gored some other shore that had already been consecrated to the Hekdesh, then whether my shore was a habitual, right, belligerent shore or if it was even a first-time offender, whether it was a Tom or a Muad, 
I would, uh, whereas typically a tom pays chatsi nezek and a muad pays nezek shalem, in the case of a shore that shores a shore shah hakdesh, then regardless of whether it's a tom or a muad, I have to pay misham nezek shalem. Therefore, we have this double standard, right? Where hakdesh always wins. If a shore of hakdesh damages another shore, it never pays. And any other shore, even if it's a placid shore, the damage of the shore like this, you pay Nezek Shalem. So if Rabbi Kiva indeed it holds like Rabbi Shimon ben Nasya, so we see that Rabbi Kiva does hold that anything that goes with Hektish, in fact, gets paid, Nezek Shalem. And that basically means that Nezek, that, that Hektish always wins. And therefore, it should be Kavachomer that anything that you, right, anything that you uh, consecrate should be in the Zikin, right? You have a scenario, if it's two civilians, where you have a short tom and a short muad. Where a short tom would pay chatzinezek and a short muad would pay nezek shalem. But the kalvachomer is that when it comes to hekdesh, it's always nezek shalem. And therefore, the kalvachomer, every kibbutz does hold that whenever it's hekdesh, it actually is going to be a full amount. And certainly it would hold, it would seem to therefore follow that if you're going to be machmer always with hekdesh, then certainly you should always have to pay with idis. Oh. Says the Gemara, that if that's the case, Wait a minute. If that's the case, right, where do we think the Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva are talking about the case where Barry's superior land is my inferior land? And those are comparable in quality. If you're going to say that, so then, right, right, maybe everyone agrees that we're going to, that we're going to be talking about Barry's. Right. Um, after all, right. In other words, Rashi says here. Right. The motive Rabbi Kiva says Rashi. Rabbi Shmuel to Amar Meitav Sadeish on Nizak veIdis to Kamar Rabbi Kiva Idis to Nizak Amar. The law asi lifluga alei ela behektesh. In other words, right. This idea. That Rabbi Kiva is saying the Kavachomer Behekdesh is so uh, unique, right? To say that Rabbi Kiva holds the Rishimim and Menasya, that it sounds like maybe the whole machlokas between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Kiva is not about the interpretation of our Pasuk as we originally described it, but rather it all has to do with whether you hold like Rabbi Shimon and Menasya. Right, this is what the Gemara says. Maybe over here, the whole object, the whole machlokas is a machlokas whether you hold the Rishim Menasya, where Rabbi Akiva holds this unusual shita. Right, this is a real shita mikatsa lekatsa. This is an extreme machlokas here. One machlokas says that if my ox gores a shore shall hekdesh. One one shita is that I don't have to pay at all. The other shita is that I always have to pay nezek shalim. Right, where Rabbi Kiva suffered Kavshim and Menasya, Rabbi Shmuel suffered Karbanan, and maybe that's the whole machlokas, right? If indeed Rabbi Kiva holds like Kavshim and Menasya, then that could be the whole machlokas over here between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmuel, and maybe they both would agree to Rabbi Shmuel's interpretation of the pasuk to Rabbi Shmuel's Gezeir Shava. That's what the Gemara right now thinks. They're so um, blown away by the notion that Rabbi Kiva's shita would reflect the shita of Rabbi Shmuel and Menasya. Says the Gemara, no, we don't have to say that we keep a greets on the Pasuk because it says, Im Kain, my loba hakasiv. <laughs> In other words, it can't be that they're arguing with Shimon and because if you read the way that they, that they were talking when they had the Machlokas, Rabbi Kiva and Rishmael, Rabbi Kiva said, Loba hakasiv elaligvos izakim in the Edith. Sounds very clear that Rabbi Kiva is saying, He's arguing not on, Shimon, on this concept of Shimon Menasya, but rather on how to read the Pasuk, right? Yeah, otherwise, why would he say lo uh, kasev? 
Ve'od, says the Gemara, another data point to show that they're really arguing about what the Pashup Shat and the Pasuk means. It says, my kalvachomer lahektesh. In other words, he's, Rabbi Kiva says, loba hakasav. So obviously they're arguing about how to interpret the Pasuk. And then he says, and by the way, there's a kalvachomer. Well, kalvachomer from what? The way kalvachomer works is you set up a machlokas and you set up a premise. And by the way, there's an additional, from this premise, on top of that, you can make the additional inference. But if the whole machlokas was Hashem and Menasseh, then there is no additional inference. So obviously there's a machlokas not only about this Hashem and Menasseh topic of what to do with the Shoshal Hektish, but rather this is clearly an addition, uh, it's an addition to. The Kalachomer would imply it's an addition to. In addition to what? The interpretation of the Pasuk. The Ode, and now the coup de gras, which Mrs. Lynch and Hank taught me is the final blow, is a... a a, an explicit brisa. Ha'amar Avashi. Avashi says, Tanya Behedya. We have an explicit brisa that says that Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Ishmael are actually arguing about how to read the Pasuk. Because after all, the brisa says the following, and I quote, Meitav Sadeo, Meitav Karmo Yishalem. We quote the Pasuk that we just, that we just mentioned. Meitav Sadeo, Nizak, Meitav Karmo Nizak, Diva Rabbi Ishmael. Right? So Rabbi Ishmael holds that that's referring to that Meitav Sadeo and Sadeo of Barry. The Nizak and Rabbi Kiva Omer Meitav Sadeo Shal Mazik Meitav Karmo Shal Mazik. Rabbi Kiva says it's the Meitav Sadeo and the Meitav Karmo of mine of the Mazik. And therefore, this last uh, thing of, of Rav Shimon is certainly not the Machlokas. We have a Beferish Brisa that says the Machlokas of Rishon and Rabbi Kiva is how to read indeed the pasuk. Fine. And so, in addition to arguing about how to handle Shoshel Hektish, which Rabbi Kiva says the Kavachomer, they certainly are arguing about how to read the pasuk. Fine. Now. So that is that topic. Now, Rami le Abaye le Rava. Okay, so Abaye is going to ask a question of Rava. Two Amarayim that often uh, disagreed with one another and had a lot of machloksin uh, of which we are the beneficiaries of. So Abaye asks Rava the following. Let's see the, this interesting question. It's always going to be interesting if Abaye and Rava are getting into it. Okay, so the Pasuk says you pay from the best of your land. Metav in, midi achrina lo. Wait a minute. Does that mean that you have to pay with superior land and you can't pay with anything else? Vehatanya, but we have a brisa that says Yashiv. Okay, the Pasuk says Yashiv. Where does the Pasuk say Yashiv? Rashi. Kesef Yashiv Lebaalav. Okay, so we're taking it out of the shore. We're back into the Pasuk of Bor. Okay, the Pasuk of Bor says Kesef Yashiv Lebaalav. This is in Parakhafalav. Okay, when it's talking about paying for damages done in a bore, it uses a weird language. Yashiv, you should return it. What do you mean you should return it? You should pay. You're not borrowing money. <laughs> You're paying damages. What's return? Yashiv lebaalav. <laughs> so what's going on here? Says the Gemara, what does it mean? Larabas shava kasef vafilu subin. That we have a, uh, right, we have an idea already that we learned in a brisa that whenever you pay, you could pay not just with land and real estate, but if you happen to have cash or even barter with, right, material metaltalin, like, like bran, like subin, you could pay. Okay, so that's what we learned by bor, and we expound that to all Nazikin, okay? Because that's what it means by bor. It says, kesef yeshiv love. So wait a second. Are you going to say that I, so obviously this is a contradiction. We have a Bryce that says I could pay with anything, and then we have the concept that I have to pay with the best of my land. So which is it, Barry? Says the Gemara. Let's resolve this. Lo kasha. Kan midaito, kan balkarcho. Wow. Fascinating. Rashi explains. I'll say it at Rashi outside. In the case where it says that you can pay with anything, that's when 
I feel bad, so to speak, right? I damage Barry's land. I knock on his door. Barry didn't even know that it was me. I said, Barry, I'm so sorry. This is, you're the last person I would have wanted to do this to. How much do I owe you? And Barry says, well, if I have to be honest, I wouldn't accept money from you, but you're asking me, it's $800 worth of damage. I say, here it is. And I give him $800 worth of organic eggs or money or whatever. So that is when I show up at his door and I offer to pay. Okay, but if I deny it and I don't want to pay it and Barry, Rahman al-Sun, has to take me to the Bezdin, that's called Balkarcho. When the Bezdin paskins, that's when I have to pay Idis. I no longer, I forfeit my ability to pay him with any other method. That's what the Gemara says. Would uh, therefore account for the distinction the Bryce is talking about when I offer to pay him. And the, you know, our Mishnah, when it says, Meitav Sadeu, is talking about when I'm forced to pay him. And now we're going to support that. I'm a Ula Daikanami. That's actually pretty precise. Dixiv Yishalem. Precise where? Yeah, precise when you read in the Pasuk. Yishalem sounds like your Baal Korcho, he says, right? Our Pasuk that says Yishalem, where we're talking about Metav Sadeu, sounds like, yeah, you better pay. And that sounds like it's against your will. Abaye doesn't love this diuk at all. Amalai Abaye, Mirsiv Yishulam? Yishulam, as it's the first wide line in Rashi. Mashma Ayyadeh Acherim, right? In other words, Yishulam, if you look at the Dikduk, that sounds like they're forcing you to pay it. Yishalem is just, you pay. He's not so convinced, right? Yishalem, Ksiv Medaitu Mashma. Yishalem, Sounds like from Diktuk, it's weird that they would have Machlokas and Diktuk. Like, they don't, didn't they both, uh, have whatever, Mrs., Mrs. Brummel in fourth grade? Did they both not, or Mrs. Hiltzik? Like, do they, is there no way to resolve what the Diktuk means? But let's leave that aside. There's arguing about whether Yishalam or Yishalem should mean Balkarcha or not. It sounds like Abayah mm-hmm. saying Yishalem. Dafka doesn't mean Balkarcha. El Amar Abayah, so what's Abayah suggesting? Kidmar. No. That the way you resolve the contradiction between the Brisa and our Mishnah is the way Mar, who's Mar? Rabba. Rabba was his Rebbe, his master, happens to have also been his uncle, and he was his Rebbe Muvak. So Rabbi is quoting Rabba, and he explains the contradiction as follows, the dis- discrepancy as follows, the Tanya. Okay, there is a Brisa. Now, this Brisa is a fascinating Brisa. It talks about, now we're talking talk about money, and this is what you teach, you know, seventh and eighth grade little Jewish boys. That money, it's more nuanced than you think. A, a field might be worth something, but real estate fluctuates, boys, right? It can move as follows. Says the Brisa. You possess all kinds of real estate. You have fields, you have houses. But what, it's all supply and demand, boys, right? You don't find any buyers. Oh, wow. This is an unbelievable Brisa. We feed a Maisa Ani up until worth of half of the Maisa Ani. Phil, let me explain to you what's going on here. Uh, in order to qualify as an Ani, okay, like we give Matanus Leivionim, so the briskers, they're always going to look, they're going to need to see tax reports because they want to make sure that you get a real Ani because otherwise you're not Yaitse Matanus Leivionim. It doesn't only apply in Purim. It applies in Maisa Ani. It applies in Lekachik Chorpeh, right? These are things that are meant for the Aniim, but they have to be Aniim for it to be chal, so to speak, for it, for it to work. How do you define an ani? Net worth of 200 zuz, not net worth, I said it wrong, liquid. 200 zuz liquid, okay? What if a dude has more than 200 zuz, let's say he has 300 zuz net worth, but it's all tied up in real estate assets and there's no buyers. So what would you say? He can't even afford food. You can't buy food for Shabbos, right? Nobody's buying this land. So we give him up until half of his net worth, 
150 because it's always assumed, right? In the case of 300 Zuz, it's 150. We'll give it to him because it's always assumed that he could sell it off for half. Somebody will always buy it from you for half price, even in a bad market, right? They'll, they'll stretch themselves. They'll borrow money, right, to buy it for you for half price because they know that that's going back up. They know where that's going. So unusual. So let's see how this all relates to us as follows. So Rabba posed the following question. Hey, dummy, what's the case that we're talking about where we give him up to half? Are you going to say that we're talking about a depressed market where like the interest rates are up and everybody's houses is dipped in price? And his dipped along with them. That, I feel too, then you should provide him with even more mice than half because the hazul, the chuleyama nami, because now his property really dipped below 200 zuz, which is to say that's really the value and therefore he's a real ani. He's a bona fide ani because he simply doesn't have a net worth of more than 200 zuz even in real estate. And therefore, certainly you should be able to give him, by the way, I should tell you, you can, if he owns 199 zuz net worth, you can give him a thousand, you know, you give him one shot, one off for a thousand zuz. You don't just give him a zuz. Uh, we had learned uh, earlier, Masechtas, that that's what we call a jerk, like a, like a not good person who's within his rights, could give him two zuzim just to get him out of having to, 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 give, to support him, right? You could do that. But, but, but you give him a thousand zuz also. Anyways, but the point is, if he has less than net worth, that can't be the case because then everybody would agree that you give him more than half his value. So what's the case? No, you say that everyone else is, the market's doing really well. But he himself, for whatever reason, was in desperate need of liquid cash, and everybody knew it, and therefore Zal Ari, and so the value of his land declined because the word got out, right, that, that Joe is desperate for this cash, and therefore you could probably get him for, for less, right? So, but his actual value is still, you know, relative to the market is more than 200 zuz. So as we turn to Zion of Abayz, we say, I feel poor to Nami, lo Well, if that's the case, then even a small amount of Meister Ani shouldn't work because in truth, he actually has, right, very valuable real estate. He's more than, right, he's more than uh, an honey, and therefore he doesn't deserve, I mean, and therefore he's not eligible, I should say, right, for this money. He's not eligible for Meister Ani and like a Chikopay and all those things, and Matanus Livy on him, because he, he's richer than that. So it says, what's the case? So it is in that context that Rabbi said the following. Here's the case, as follows. Everybody knows when is a good time to buy land? Well, land appreciates in the, in the Nissan months and it depreciates in the Tishrei months, okay? It's always more valuable in the summer, so to speak, right, in the spring. The Chuli Alma, Nisan, Mizabni. Everybody waits until Nissan for the price to, everyone wants to sell high and buy low, right? So everybody sells at Nissan where the market is high. The high, but this dude was desperate for money. Since he was in strapped for cash, Zabin Kitahashta, he sold it at the current price, right, in when? In Tishrei when it was low. He sold low. Oh, okay. So that's why, because of the fact that on one hand, he's poor because at the end of the day, it's now Tishrei and it's not worth 200 Zuz. On the other hand, he's sitting on land that were he to wait until Nissan would be more than, worth more than 200 Zuz. So how do you classify this guy? Right? Is he an Ani or not? Right, right now, he's kind of an Ani. But if he would just wait, he wouldn't be an Ani. So there, Chazal said, you know what? We could provide him as an Ani, but we cap it. 
Isn't that amazing? We cap it equivalent to half the value of, of his real estate now because after all that, he certainly would be able to sell off now and ad palka urchla mezal, and it's certainly customary to decline as to half value to fail ab mezal. But more than that, we're not going to decline it. So Rabba made an unbelievable statement, right? The statement of the relative value of real estate over time, seasonal relative value of real estate. Isn't this great for a seventh grader to learn? Really good. Okay, so that's what Rabba's statement. What does any of this have to do with Nizakin? So let's plug it back in. So says, look at Look at the case where damage was done. So I damaged, let's say, Barry's field in Tishrei when his land price was depressed. Dine be'idis. Ah. So we say that Barry has the right to collect from, the, from superior land, right? If, in idis, if that's the case. But what if Barry comes to me, I'm the damager, and he says, you know what? Instead of giving me a small, land, a small amount of idis, give me a slightly larger amount of average land. And I would say to him, but I would respond, I know what Barry's up to. You see what Barry's up to? It's Tishrei, Phil. <laughs> In Tishrei, Barry wants more land. He doesn't want my best because he knows that volume matters in Tishrei because he knows when Nissan comes, that land's going to skyrocket in price. So he just wants square footage for me, okay? So he's saying to me, yeah, 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 don't, don't worry about this. Give me the bait in this. I'll get more land. And I say to him, if you take the, the superior land, as is your right, take it at the current depressed price of Tishrei. Yeah, uh, and, but if you want to take my bainanus, you're going to have to take my bainanus at the Nissan prices, right? I'm not going to be outsmarted by Barry. That's not going to happen, right? I know what Barry's up to. He wants more of my land because he knows the Nissan it's going to skyrocket in price. I tell him, no, 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 no dice. You, get, you either get my idis now at the current price if you want, if you want my betaness, you're gonna get my betaness at the Nissan price. So that is what indeed. So so we put it all together, and Abaye is saying that's how we resolve the contradiction. In other words, the pasuk who says idis is saying that's Barry's. He's entitled to the idis to take from me if he were to so desires. That's his prerogative, right? Whereas when he says veheshivlo, that should return to him. That teaches you an amazing thing: that if Barry wishes to take. Bainanis, he has to accept it at the price of the expensive season. It's not Pashup Shot. Rashi gives two different Pshatim of what it might mean. But basically, that is the second Pshat Rashi, which Art Scroll goes with. And that is, it is what the Gemara is saying. In other words, that's what he's saying. That the average land, you have to take it for the future evaluation. Why is that? Because that is when it says, you know, take it, you shall return it. That's like cash value. Right, that's the value of it, right? And we therefore use the real value that it'll be in Nissan if he wants to take the Bainanis. And that's how Abaye resolves the discrepancy between the Brysa that says you can pay with anything and our Mishnah that says you pay with Idis. Now, as we turn to nine lines down on Zion of Base, Matkifta Rakhab Yaakov. Rakhab Yaakov hates this. He says, Imkain, Horata Kochan Shil Nizakan, Etzel Bainanis Viziburis. It's not fair. Then the whole point of the Pasuk was that Barry is supposed to get the best. Well, if you're Abaye, if you're understanding the case as follows, that Barry's going to have to pay, get paid with Nissan prices, um, inflated prices if he wants Bainanis, right? So you've actually compromised Barry's power to be recompensated, right? It's a Bainanis with Ziburis. If Barry wants Bainanis and Ziburis, you've actually compromised what he's going to do because he's going to be paid with inflated uh, Bainanis and Ziburis prices. That's, he doesn't want that. 
Because the Pasuk said Mimetav. But what Rachel Yaakov is saying is the consequence of Mimetav is that if Barry gets paid with anything other than Mimetav, then he loses out. So what are you going to say? That Mimetav, that if I have to pay him, I have, the Torah is going to tell me that I have to pay from the best of the land. But no. Uh, and then he wins out. But if he wants Benaz and Ziburus, he's going to lose out? That seems inconsistent with the theme of the Torah, which is that a damager has to pay me of Sadeu. El Amar therefore Rachab Yaakov is going to say a different suggestion. He said, if there's any comparison to Rabbah, Levalchov Medaminle. You can compare what the whole Torah that we said about fluctuating seasonal values, that has, all of that has nothing to do with Nizikin, has to do with the Balchov. Because after all, if someone's a borrower and he has to pay back, or has to pay a bill, then Balchov Dina Bebeinus. We already learned that in, in Gittin, that a Balchov pays with Bebeinus. And so there, all this Taira applies, right? Where, where let's say I owe Barry money, so there, then I say, then Barry says, instead of giving me a small amount of Average bain in this land, give me less zibur, uh, more rather ziburus land, and amalei ishakatinenech. So there, that's it's there in the bain in this case where I have the prerogative to tell Barry if you want ishakal kadinech. Listen, you're entitled to bain this Barry. So if you want it, take it now. Take it now at its current value. You want my ziburus? You want more square footage, Barry? Fine, take more square footage, but based on the inflated Nissan prices. So that is. Uh, Ravachas Ryakov's suggestion is that Rabbah's entire Torah is in fact relevant only to that case of a Balchov. However, um, however, a different Ravacha, right, did not like that because he said, Imke, Nalta dealt with Lavin. He says, I don't like applying Rabbah's Torah to loans because you're going to disincentivize loans. We always want to incentivize loans. That's a mitzvah to lend money, right? Nobody's going to lend money if, if they're going to regret not having it liquid when the value is low. Right? Like the value is low, now they don't have liquid. You want to be able to, be able to always access the money, right? Then that's what he's saying over here. You're going to disincentivize, you're going to close the door and disincentivize lending. The Amarle, because the lender, in this case, Barry's lending me money, he's going to say to me, if I would still have the money, have a shakli bit hashta, I would purchase inferior land at the current low price because right now it's Tishrei and I always want to buy low and sell high. However, hashta is gabach. But since I lend the, the money to Lavi and my money's tied up, Eshkol Biyukar Del Kame, and you're going to tell me what? That I have to buy at the future higher price? That's not fair, right? So it's always going to be a disadvantage to lend. We will never have that. So we're not comfortable with applying Rabba's concept of the fluctuating seasonal prices to lending and borrowing money either, because we want to promote lending and borrowing. So it says, El Amar Ravacha gives another suggestion. If you want to make a comparison, do it. Yes, the Ksuba. We learn Ksuba. So we say, That is a case where the woman, so you see already, in lending it's Bainanis, in Nizikin it's Idis, but in Ksuba it's Ziburus. And if the woman tells her former husband who's giving her Ksuba, instead of giving me a large amount of inferior uh, land, give me a small amount of average land, Amrla, so then she's going in the other way. She wants less land but higher quality. He's going to say, He said, listen, lady, you could take the inferior land as is your right at the current depressed price, very low. But if you want better land, then you have to take it at the higher. So anyway, that is where we basically leave off. But there is still a difficulty of Abaye, right? His application works for Ksuba. 
But the problem is, it doesn't work for Nizikin. Abaye uses application for Nizikin. That's what the Gemara means. It says, Mikomakom Kasha. We still have a Kasha on Abaye. It says, so I'm a Rava. Rava is going to come to the rescue. It says, Call the Yavle, Mimetavle, Leitavle. No. Whenever the damager gives the damaged party in payment, it has to be Mimetav Sadehu. It says, Of Hamitav Sadehu Ksiv, right? It implies that you have to pay with land, right? So, in other words, Arava is saying, according to Rashi, whatever I give, let's say I pay him with, uh, with an iPhone. I have to give him the newest iPhone. So maybe I have to give him the newest even for my metaltalin. But the Pasuk, after all, says Sadehu, not metaltalin. So we say, And then we're going to, since we wrote up the, the, against the clock, we're going to read the last two sentences up until the two dots, ten lines up from the bottom. And it is there where Bezat Hashem will resume tomorrow.